everybody, I'm Roxy. And I'm Priska. And we are the Two Horny Goats! We're just two horny goats climbing the mountain of life, eating Asian American stereotypes for breakfast. Happy 4th of July, even though this is our season finale. Today it is the 4th of July. Where you are, it is not the 4th of July. We're sort of jumping out around a little bit here, but you know what? It's what we need right it's now. It's fine. It's fine. It's what we needed. It's yeah. where we are. It's, it's hot as fuck today. I don't know what it's like where you are today now, but it's probably August when you're listening to this. It's I'm probably perpetually hot. hot. Yeah. I mean, it's like a constant hot flash. <laughs> <laughs> are all of you feeling tired? Because recently mm. I've been feeling like this exhaustion all the time. I'm not sure Oof. if it's from the heat or if it's from something else. Like, Oof. have you been feeling the same way, Prisca? Yeah. I, I think it's a combination of just seeing people again, the heat being dehydrated which I think Kevin Fong would be so upset at us for not drinking more water but this is where we are um but yeah I think I just feel overloaded really quickly yeah like I'll feel really like jazz like for a night out I'm like ready to go I'm like let's do all the shit and then the next day I like cannot move and I don't know if this is like being in our 30s or if it's just like exhaustion from living what, what is it for I you? I think it's both of that. <laughs> I mean, sometimes, you know, like I think just last year when I was in quarantine, I, because I wasn't socializing with anybody else, right. I kept myself to like a very strict discipline, a routine. And I'm like, you know, I have no obligations. I could wake up at 5 a.m. Everything is great. But now with everything else, yeah, dude, if I wake up a certain way yeah. and I'm like not feeling it, my whole day is really shot. Oh, my God. Yes. It's like I need to go back to the early days of the pandemic. <laughs> Where I need just like a couple of days where nothing is on the horizon. Because right. once, like, even if I have a coffee with a friend that right. I am so fucking excited about, right. I'm like stressed about it, knowing that there's like a demarcation to the amount of time I can relax, knowing there's a demarcation to the amount of time I have before I have to get a certain amount of work done. Yeah. Like, it's all these things kind of packaged together and it's like now you're like thinking ahead about like how to budget your energy right yes and how to maximize it so that you could give your time to your friends and be at your best when you're with your friend and the thing is i want sentiment wise i want to see people i want to be around people i want to smell my friends totally you know i want to lick their faces (laughs) i'm all about it you know but like in terms of the energy level that i have and like the amount of introspection we've all been doing this year like everything takes so much longer to process Like, it just feels like we have this huge backlog of things to process. And now that the world's opening up, I think we're finding time to actually hit, like, it's been in the queue and we finally have hit render, like, you know? Totally. And so, like, I feel like adding on to that with new experiences and, 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 you know, new hopes and dreams and desires, like, it's jamming up the gears a little bit quicker than it used to. Like, yesterday I went out with um, my friends, three of them, and then I went to go get Korean barbecue for lunch mm. and I was like yes this is great like went to go get lunch at one o'clock then we like went to like go get a boba afterwards then we went to go to karaoke for like an hour after that oh, I'm exhausted just hearing oh you my talk gosh. about it it was five o'clock oh, and shit. you know my boyfriend was like so um do you want to go out for dinner and I'm like no, no. 
<laughs> no. And, and I was like, this is it. It was still daylight outside. Oh, my God. And I was completely floored. Yeah. And, like, done by five o'clock. Like, put me in a hyperbaric chamber and just leave me alone like, for a little bit. Like, just hearing that, yeah. right? You're just like, one thing right after the other. Back in the day, we could have done this forever. No, literally. I mean, yeah. we used to, like, go, go, go. If the sun didn't come up, then yeah. you didn't have a fun time. Like, back-to-back shit. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy that we, I think it is 30s, like, now, like, <laughs> that we're, like, you know, calling it out. I'm like, why am I exhausted just listening to this? Yeah. Like, literally in the summer when the sun is not down yet, I'm like, oh, man, I can't go to bed yet. It's so annoying. No, seriously. Yeah. It's like, yeah. It's, I just want to be in bed all the time by 9 p.m. If I'm not in my pee, I don't need, I'm not like a grandmother. I'm not asleep by nine. I'm not like up at four out at Denny's, like ready for the early morning breakfast. Yeah. Not there yet. Maybe give me six months. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I'm definitely at like 9 p.m. All I want to do is be in my pajamas. Like, I want to put on my face cream. Yeah. And my like eye cream. That sounds so good to right? me right now. And little mask situation, yes. night mask. Doing my breathing exercises. A little bit of breathing, a little bit of yogs. Yo, some Easy of the restorative yogs. yogs. Restorative yogs. Restorative all yogs. the way. Yeah. Nothing to get your heart heart yeah. rate up. Isn't it so weird that this is exciting me right it's now? So and exciting. getting me so amped. I'm like, like turned on by I'm this. Turned on by it too. And it's funny because like on TikTok, I see like all these younger people yeah. in their 20s, like saying, oh yeah, going out now is like we're doing all these like therapeutic breathing exercises. I'm like, excuse me. Yes. Back when I was your age, yes. that was completely different. But I think we're so burnt out. Yeah, I think now, we're so burnt collectively, out. Collectively. Yeah. But I think general. we're also more in tune with what we need. So that could also be because I think a lot of these tired feelings, like I can clock them as something as, that I would have felt before. Mm-hmm. But now I know to be like, oh, this means take a break instead of push through it. You know yeah, what I'm because saying? we were taught to push through it by our families, Hustle. by our culture, yes. our, our capitalism culture, you yep. know, and also like in fraternities and college. It's like, oh, my God. oh don't be lame. Oh, yeah. You know, don't be like a, a party pooper. Yes. I mean, did you ever take a sick day from high school because you were sick? No. Me neither. Unless it was like surgery. I didn't like miss school. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're about to topple over because you're about to faint from a really high fever. Yeah. I remember almost like I, I like passed out against like a bulletin board and woke up with like a thumbtack imprint on the side of my face. Jeez. What was this whole culture? Like, honestly, like waking up to this type of like lifestyle that we used to have is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's like, but we glorified it. Oh, and a lot of us still do. And a lot of us still might be, I don't know, like goatees, let us know, but could be in workplaces where there's still that toxic culture. Like, you know, I came up kind of in the startup culture and it was definitely like, yeah, unlimited vacations, but nobody ever should take a vacation. Mm. If you take a vacation, are you really a team player? True. You know, and that is so unhealthy. And I know that that is still rampant. I know that that is still out there. You know what I mean? And like lots of companies still do that, but I'm glad that we're waking up to it. But as much as there are companies that are so great about it, it's always like a rubber band. There's also going to be that backlash to it, you know? Totally. Well, Preska has made me some very delicious coffee. Oh girl, you better so drink that iced I, coffee. I am feeling so <laughs> invigorated right now because this feeling of fatigue has yeah. just been you know, I, I think just in the air for the past couple of weeks, if yeah. not months, yeah. you know? So how does it feel like, you know, where we are goatees again is 4th of July. How does right. it feel going into this quote unquote celebratory weekend? How are you feeling about it? Bitch, let me give you three bullet points. Give me, give me the haps. Number one, COVID Delta variant super spreader day. Real thing. I mean, do, do you agree though? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, it's terrifying. I mean, I think an abundance of caution wouldn't be terrible right now. And I personally know some people who have gotten COVID 
after kind of being a little more open and more brazen, which is totally fine if you're vaccinated. But they are the ones warning people like, yo, be careful. It's still out there. But that's what's so scary to me is the fact that this variant is breaking through vaccines and <sighs> it's giving those who are not vaccinated yeah. even more umph to be like, well, what's the whole point anyways? Right. You know, and and I just think that it's such a divisive sort of moment. And I think mm. I don't know what you think about this. I think another lockdown is inevitable. Yeah. I mean, I think even just seeing Asia right now, even though I know they have kind of a vaccine shortage, right. but just seeing Asia go into different lockdowns and uh, and seeing India a couple months ago and seeing different countries kind of starting to fall back into that cycle of Australia lockdowns, too. Australia, yeah. yeah, all of it. If we are good about it, it won't be that big a deal. But it's America. I don't trust any of us to be good about it. But honestly, I'm looking forward to it because I need a little bit of a break. Like, kind of. Like, a little bit. Yeah. Like, I love everybody, but also, like, let me lock myself. Let me have a perfectly honorable excuse to lock myself in the house and not see anybody for a couple of days. Good job, COVID. You have made us Thank have you. Stockholm Syndrome Thank at this you. point. I know. Like- now we miss it. They're like, oh, my God, no masks in the grocery store? That's weird. People want to see my face. It's just like I would much rather just do Postmates all the time. That'd now. be fine. You know, that'll be totally that'd fine. That'd be totally fine. Um, second bullet point okay. is I've been, I don't know if this has been happening to you, but like I've been really on the deep end of indigenous TikTok. And I think because I've been so deep in those waters for a little bit now and I continue to learn more about what's not written in our history books, yes. you know, and all the literature and all the information that has gone missing, all the things that were covered up yeah. in shame of what they did to these indigenous peoples yes. it has made me feel very awkward about celebrating this day and i know it's been um a conversation with a lot of the people around me because a lot of this talk of colonization has surfaced to the mm. point where do we want to celebrate mm. stolen land Oof. and do we want to celebrate the concept of freedom on the stolen land where yeah. their freedoms were taken away from them? Absolutely. And there's always this discussion of, oh, that was the past and mm. this is the present and things are different now. But is it really, though? But we, mm. I think the biggest work is that we really have to acknowledge yes. what happened in the past and we have to accept it. Yeah. Right. And may we learn from it and really help indigenous peoples now. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. and that yeah. is the only way like to be to apologize yeah i mean there's no way to make this right but no. i think you're right educating ourselves acknowledging it reframing how we view just because you love hot dogs and fireworks doesn't mean you can't reframe the scope of this quote-unquote holiday right. and, and the pain that was caused by these events you know right. for indigenous people i read an article a couple weeks ago that i found incredible but it was talking about how you know this mythos of America being, oh, just this bountiful breadbasket, um, almost like a utopia in terms of like um, mountains and streams and, and meadows and bison running free and wild. That was a marketing ploy because mm-hmm. that's almost like saying, oh, this land was ripe for our taking. Right. It was created let's say by the Lord or whoever, larger power, it was ordained to us for us. It was destined for us. No, if you look at it, indigenous peoples in different tribes have been maintaining the land for years and years. They have controlled the boundaries of certain forests. They've done controlled burnings over years and years. They've helped keep the the bison population up 
in the past, like now the bison population's shit. Yeah. And they kept the boundaries of different types of foliage, di- different types of plants. Like they were the ones who literally set it up and then people the, who would later become Americans, but like the settlers came and they're like, oh my God, someone set this up just for me? I was listening to this one Native American indigenous influencer talk about how the earth provides Mm. for everyone's needs. Yes. But then the white people came and they had greed. So they used it to excess and took away what Mother Earth would have provided to everyone equally. And I thought that was so heart wrenching. Yeah. You know, because it's so true. Like you were talking about the ecological balance that these people were able to maintain and understand. Yes. Right. And I've been looking at like really old videos of them talking about the earth and it's so spiritual and it's so beautiful, but greed. Yeah. You know, there's this excess, this idea of taking what is right rightfully ours because we're morally superior you know it's like sort of going back on you know the zanga blog i i I wrote and talked to you about you know a couple episodes back but it's about this concept of taking what you think you deserve Hmm. which is so false entitlement yes yeah so we need to acknowledge that this happened in the past we just have to fucking accept it yeah right 100 percent and I'm so glad you brought this up. And it is a very, I think I feel a lot of ambivalence towards July 4th. And I think I'm so glad you brought that to the fore because it's important to talk about. It's important to acknowledge and recognize our own entitlement, even though we're children of immigrants, you yes. know, because yes, we 100%. co-signed to this quote unquote American dream, which involved the massacring and killing and relegating of, you know, native peoples to teeny tiny little land islands. Nothing surrounding the lands that they inhabit connect them to the earth if i were to be really honest yeah the invisibility of the indigenous voice yeah has been like unheard of for so long like right. we talk about our struggle as asian americans you know blacks have talked to, you know mm-hmm. they have really made their way to have voice mm-hmm. in in their experience as well the indigenous peoples haven't really come into the light until now and they've been here the fucking longest yes you know yeah so i really recommend all of you if you are on tiktok to follow this guy named modern warrior oh hell yeah he's so hot hot, uh, and, hot. and he's been educating me on so many levels wow um and uh, I'm sure like, you know, he he's also able to combat a lot of people who come after him, yeah. you know, in a very intelligent and also very emotionally grounded sort Hell of way, yeah. you know, because he went and he got that education, which is also another stereotype. Yes. Like, you don't really see Native people in the Senate, which I think right. nowadays, you know, they're like coming into the government as well. Yeah. And they're finally getting their voice. Yeah. Yeah. I but love it's it. taken too fucking long. And so, yeah. I'm super glad it's happening. Um, Also, you know, I think what was great about being at OSF in Ashland, they would always acknowledge the land and do land acknowledgements and land rituals prior to the season opening and whatnot. Um, And last year or two years ago now, sorry, I mean, the time is a warp, you know, (laughs) but in 2019, they they premiered a play called Between Two Knees, which um, if any of you have a chance to go see, it talks about just how fucking bloody America's history is. And it's so sanitized, you know, Um, and it also talks about the colonization in regards to education and using religiosity to control people and cut hair and change clothes, strip identity away and how it's intergenerational. And I think a lot of people have this assumption that is wrong assumption, but they have this assumption that, oh, like, you know, indigenous people now all they do is gamble. I mean, we try to help them. They're not helping themselves. It's bullshit. But that's the that's the 
that's the idea created and an idea is very powerful because then it allows for more and more assumptions to be built off of those ideas. Going off of what you're talking about, you Mm -hmm. know, the cutting of the hair, the prohibiting of speaking your own native tongue. Yeah. Um, What's happening in Canada right now is they are uh, discovering the bodies of thousands of children at these residential schools. What are residential schools if we if we want to look into it? So basically what would happen is, um, you know, the colonizers, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the settlers of, you know, in Canada, they basically would tell the tribes that give us your children because if you're if you don't, we'll force you to leave or we'll force we'll we'll be forceful about, you know, certain things in terms of your territory so you know a lot of these tribes were forced to give up their children and they by the church yeah. were, were were uh you know relegated into these residential schools to civilize them to civilize these savages right oh and my so God. they're not allowed to speak their native tongue they're torn away from the from their families um and also um if you really want to look into it like they were they were fed rotten food you know they oh were my. not yeah like this isn't your typical like board school for no, the summer it's you know re-education camps yes but then also they killed a lo- like so many of them hundreds up to thousands at each boarding school there's hundreds of them in canada and right now it's like um canada is mourning their indigenous peoples are mourning because this oh is a goodness. really huge tragedy this uncovering of what the people have done or you know what these white settlers have done yeah. to sort of mask what has happened oh and the youngest of the kids being three years old you know and um, oh my god and so they are mourning and they're in pain because they haven't been able to walk these children back into their homes you know like into their uh with the rest of the ancestors and this was only maybe the parents generation or grandparents generation like it's not too far back i mean this revelation is so tragic on such a national level and and for me it's like looking at this and what's happening in canada sort of makes me feel as if what if the world was how the world was looking at us when we were going through BLM last year? Yeah, and it's like, oh gosh, like that's like really bad. But also at the same time, we had residential schools here oh, in the United States, and yep. we haven't done this uncovering. It's going to be a hundred times worse, Fuck. like than Canada. Fuck. And I think the reason why we haven't started doing that here is because we don't want to know. Oh my god. So, anyways, happy Fourth of July. A reckoning is coming. <laughs> Fight the power. Goatees, if you have thoughts on July 4th and you want to educate us on things, please send us an email or a voice note to hello at twohornygoats.com. We are just starting to dip a toe into the the vast sea of, of these atrocities. Of America's really complicated and terrible history. And I think the reason why we keep talking about this and why it's coming up now more than ever is that our parents came here mm. for the dream of something good. Mm. You know, the concept of freedom, the American dream, mm. you know, but it's on the back of so much pain yeah. and sacrifice. Yeah. You know, an unwanted sacrifice yeah. from people that were here before. So I think that's why it's like, now that we're here, I do love this country, yeah. but it's it's scarring and it's heartbreaking to know how much was hidden from us yeah. until now. We got to rewrite our history books. A hundred percent.
Just moving into the kind of this finale episode, you know, we're never going to just come at you with anything fluffy. <laughs> Unless we're talking about cats and dogs, in which case we'll talk about fluffy things. Yeah, yeah. we just we just naturally go really deep. I mean, you know us. You've been with you us for two seasons us, now. Uh, come you're on. not sick of us yet, so yeah. I guess we can just be ourselves. Yeah, we can be ourselves. We're a roller coaster of emotions, <laughs> bitches. We're never satisfied. We're always going to keep digging. Yeah, we're always curious. Yeah, and I mean, that's what ghosts not- do. They keep climbing <laughs> yes. the mountain yes. of love. Life 100%. until they get to the top. And then once we get to the top, what do we see? We see everything. They see everything and mostly piles of shit all around them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The good and the bad. Yeah, because most of these hills that the goats are climbing are not that high. Unless you're like a mountain goat. We're not like mountain we goats. We are mountain goats. Are we? Yes. Well, like, I guess we're mountain goats then. <laughs> Priska has learned nothing about being I a horny goat. No, nothing about being a horny goat. For me, my incline is at like a 2%. <laughs> I'm just going easy. Yeah, yeah. My thighs will burn too much. I mean, at this yes. age, it's just really hard my to, to do all that. take it. No, no, but it is our finale. <laughs> It's season two finale. How did we get here? Fuck, time really flies, doesn't it? It's so crazy. It's so fast. And I mean, it's a little confusing because I think we're we're at our one year anniversary uh, as we're putting this out. Happy anniversary, Happy baby. Happy anniversary. Oh, oh my God, our one year. Oh if we God. were 16, we'd be all over Instagram with it. I know because that was basically one sixteenth of our life. Yeah. I mean, sorry, not Instagram, MySpace. <laughs> Let's not lie and pretend we were 16 when Instagram came out. I would out. spend fucking three hours a night on MySpace space oh my like God. coating myself with the hot the sparkling pink. hot pink who's your the top music eight. oh yeah. ooh, top eight very contentious one yes. of my friends actually put my sister in her top eight above me or i don't think i even made the top eight um and it was you know i still won't let her live it down that is it's very, a lot of drama me. it is yeah. a lot of drama i love it for anyone under the age of i don't know 28 <laughs> Uh, top eight was this, I don't know. You have ridiculous. to be very political about it. Yeah. It's like having Instagram, like if, if you could display, oh, they should do this like at a, a, on a throwback. <laughs> start thing. So much shit. I know <laughs> having the top eight people that you like chosen at the top of your profile. Oh, that's going to be hard. Drama. Yeah. It's drama. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it is our season two finale. And so for the finale, Roxy and I have each prepared five questions for the other person. Yeah. <laughs> about what we've learned and yes this is a self-ingratiating episode so if you're (laughs) if you're tired of hearing it like you know what you're tuning in we're not forcing why don't you just go grab a drink (laughs) yeah go grab a drink chill out with us um we're gonna do a cheers after the kind of the first break so we will not leave you hanging and we're always gonna cheers you no matter what um but so we've prepared five questions um and roxy do you want to kick us off with your first question okay are you ready are we gonna ping pong let's ping pong pong bitch yeah ping pong is way much more fun i love ping pong i don't want to hit you five times at once only for you to hit me back i mean and we're we're ethnically chinese so we're we should be good at ping pong it's in our blood. Is it? <laughs> is, it? is it though? Isn't it? Is no, it? I'm terrible. I don't know. It's I'm like, really bad. It's like, okay, ping pong's kind of like, like, like a badminton. I could never see the birdie. What's a birdie? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I We're don't know really her. fail at this. We're really bad okay, Asians. Bitch, are okay. you ready for your okay, first I'm question? Okay, I'm ready. I'm ready. Oh my God. Deep okay. breath. Oh my God. What is the most major change for you internally from where you were last year in this moment to where you are now? Oof. I know it's a loaded question. Take some time to think about it. I think if you were to talk to me a year ago, what I would be willing to say publicly was so sanitized and limited. And that was, I think it was for a number of reasons. I think on the first hand, um, I didn't want to rock the boat. 
I saw myself as a musical artist and I felt that anyone should be able to relate to my art without being kind of swayed by my political leanings. Mm -hmm. And then I think over the course of 2020, it became more and more clear that not speaking up, not saying something was going to be more and more damaging. It was dangerous. It was irresponsible not to be honest and speak up, especially when you had something to say. Then secondly, I think I had a great fear of coming across as stupid or unintelligent Mm -hmm. or unaware or just baseless and shallow. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's been a fear of mine for a really long time. Ever since I I skipped the fourth grade, um, I always felt intellectually inferior to my counterparts and my peers. And it was, I think, constantly feeling stupid, being called stupid, um, being pointed out as stupid. And even teachers who liked me felt frustrated that I wasn't I wasn't catching on or achieving in the way that I needed to. It was so formative for me because I was like nine, 10 years old. And I didn't I didn't feel like I caught up intellectually until maybe my like mid to late 20s. Maybe it's a chip on my shoulder. But I think it's really just this vision I have of myself that I thought was reality. And I think in doing the podcast, I was able to face some of my fears, lay myself bare and realize like there was only more conversations on the other side Mm -hmm. and people that wanted to engage more and more deeply. And it's almost like become this shorthand with a lot of my friends, like very close friends. If they listen to the podcast, once we meet up, they're like, cool. Yeah, let's go right into it. Right. And that's really beautiful because it's like, we can go deeper and, and it's like these tread marks that can just go deeper and deeper every time you circle around it. And that's how I feel like this past year has been for me. And so the podcast sort of provided like a shortcut for you in terms of these conversations outside of the ones that we have between you and me on here. Yeah. And it's before we started the podcast, we were like, oh, this will be so fun. We're just going to like get we're turn on the mic. We're so interesting. We're just going to go. Right. (laughs) And so many people come to us saying we're starting a podcast. We're so interesting. We're just going to go. Right. (laughs) But the thing that we both realized was the night before we started, we both had these crazy stomach aches and we were just feeling anxious and nervous. And then once we recorded it, we were like, ah, anxious, nervous. Should we put it out, et cetera, et cetera. Like we had all these thoughts and feelings about it. But being able to do this, the difference between doing a podcast and just us hanging out is we are putting ourselves out there. This is a platform that, you know, tens of people listen to, <laughs> but but people listen to and have thoughts about and have responses for um, and will be available to listen to in perpetuity. And so it helped me overcome a fear of standing on my own two feet and standing up for what I believe in. And I think what's also so affirming for the both of us is that goatees and listeners have been writing to us. Yeah. You know, whether it's on my own personal account or our Two Horny Goats account. Yeah. It's just this, the responses has really allowed us to you know, understand that this is what we're doing right. You yes. know what I mean? Yes. And it, I, I think if it wasn't for that, if that didn't happen, it wouldn't evolve no. to this level of naked honesty. Absolutely. And, and even getting criticism is yes. so valuable and important. Constructive, and, please. Constructive, please. Yeah. I'm sensitive. We value it because we have blind spots. And I think that's been also in, in line with kind of, you know, what I'm trying to bring across is It's okay to not be 100% right. It's okay to not be 100% smart all the time. It's okay to not quite know. But it is also important to show your work. Like, 
in a math class like yeah if you just put the correct answer at the bottom of each like prompt like your teacher's gonna be like but where's your work and I think what we've been trying to do with this podcast is show our work and even if the answer isn't 100% right we're constantly just trying to show how we got there why we got there what the research is that we did what the conversations we're having and we've changed over this year I bet if we go back and listen like our viewpoints on things have shifted slightly or deepened or completely changed, you know, and and that room for error, even though it's it's responsibly sourced and responsibly um, approached, the room for error is so key because it, it leaves space to be free. And that's what makes us human, too, which I think mm. is the most important aspect. Mm. Of it. We are human. OK, rocks. My, this is my first question for you. My turn. Okay, your turn. What was your expectation of what the podcast would look like versus the reality? Oh, that was my, that was my ah! next question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have to be honest. It's like, at the time, I didn't think too far ahead. Mm. I think I was really in the moment, mm. you know, when we got really excited because yeah. I... I've been friends with you for a very long time, but also <laughs> at the same time, it's like we never really took on a long term project no. like this ever before. It's and, always been short. Yeah. And I've always and just in general, my my projects have never been long term either. Mm, you know, like they're all freelance projects. And I've only been, you know, if I work on a movie, I work on a TV show, like yeah. it doesn't hasn't been a year. Right. You know, no. so I didn't really think about how far it would go. I didn't mm. know if we would make it to a year. And, mm. and I'm glad we had that conversation because it was like. You and I were thinking, okay, let's just take it uh, six weeks at a time. Yeah. You know, yeah. because we were also grown to the point where we understood what we needed to do yeah. and we had realistic expectations. So that was my expectation at the time. Right. And then the reality of it is, <laughs> is fast forward to now, yeah. we are in your office. Yeah. You know, we have this amazing whiskey we're going to be drinking in a little <laughs> bit. I think when we even got to like the end of the year of last year, when yeah. we did our, um, the Biden episode. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, or yeah. our glow up episode. Right. That was already such a huge marker for us. Oh my God. It felt so, it already felt so different doing that episode from the first episode ever, you know, like our energy was different and in sync, but yeah, it definitely felt different. I feel like back then, if you were to go to July of 2020 and we were very professional, it's like, I was on the same boat as you. I was like, I don't want to fuck up. Like, I want to make sure I sound intelligent. Like I I feel the same fears that you did. And then I'm like, I don't know how far it'll go. So when we got to the glow up episode, we were more wanton. We were wilder. Mm. We Mm. were more ourselves on Mm. the podcast. You know, I wasn't editing so cleanly anymore. You know, it felt more natural. I'm able to add some ums and, you know, you know, just some places where before I feel like we wanted to nitpick so that we could come yes. off super profresh. Right, 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 right. And um and so coming to where we are now, time goes by so quickly. Oh my God, yeah. And yeah. you and I talk about where we're gonna go next. Mm. And I think You know, even with that, you know, sometimes you and I may be on different pages or one of us will be moving faster than the other. Mm. But what I truly appreciate about this now is that you and I listen to each other, you know, and then we understand that our ebbs and flows move differently sometimes. But there's so much respect for that. And there's so much like, hey. I'm going to feel differently in a few years, in a few months, you know, like, let's just see where this goes. And I think at the end of it, it's like, I never thought how, how much more deeply our relationship could grow, Mm. you know, and it's so beautiful. Like we, we just got a voice note, you know, (laughs) I know we're going to be talking about this later on today, but like, 
you our know, first voice note, our first voice <laughs> note and Angela, thank you. And, you know, she just basically told us that our relationship reminds her of like her favorite best friends in media. Yeah. And that is so touching. Yeah. You know, because the things that make best friends great are not that they fit some sort of stereotype, but that their friendship is just it, it is exactly them. Yes. Like the two the alchemy between the two parties, you yeah. know, like before, I think when we were choosing topics, it'd be like, OK, like Roxy has one and I have one and Roxy has one and I have one. But now it's like, what's right for two horny goats? Uh-huh. And it, it's so different. It's so quick. It's it, it, I think we both immediately know if that's a topic we want to cover or not. Yeah, it's like we used to be these two separate points. Yeah. Right? And then it like slowly we're like ebbing and flowing. We're still doing some different curves, ups and downs. Yeah. But now it's like honing into a common point. We're becoming proxy. We are becoming proxy. <laughs> we're becoming Priscilla Roxy. We're becoming proxy. Ah, I love it. But also goatees don't know this yeah. because goatees don't know what it is like when we're not pressing record, when we're right. not sitting here with the two mics in front of us yeah but i tell you it's very much this as well yeah yeah 100 percent. it's it, it's deepening that it's nurturing it and i think the moments that we spent just nurturing each other's friendship has been so vital and important and i think uh, obviously we're capricorn so planning together has been its own like erotic journey <laughs> <laughs> like it uh, is very erotic like roxy will have an idea and then all of a sudden she's like oh my god you already added it to the spreadsheet yeah. and then like i'll have an idea and then roxy's like sends a calendar invite immediately and i'm like <gasps> all of this is just like planning is just such foreplay for it's us just it's foreplay. like it's like we get so excited about these topics we yeah. really do and i think that like before we just did this because we we're like okay we can do this yes. physically yes but now it's just like intuitive right right and we have a vision and yeah. we're, we're chasing it and we're following it and we're vetted vetting it against each other you yes, know exactly okay. um so that <laughs> i was gonna ask you that was this gonna is what be... happens when you're on the same proxy wavelength <laughs> <laughs> was, yeah we're basically telepathic at this point um i'm gonna ask a, oh, oh okay so this is my next question what is the biggest change you see in me Ooh, oh this is a good one I think that what I've seen change is your you've come out of your shell in a public forum because I know you and you have always been out of your shell. I've never seen you in your shell, like literally unless right. you're dead asleep, like you are like <laughs> like literally a fireball. Yeah. And every like people that ask me, they're like, I'm like, have you met Roxy? And they're like, um, I'm not sure. I'm like, Tr- trust me, <laughs> if you've met her, you would know. Like yeah. if she's not one of those people that you'd meet. But you were so like controlled with how and what you would say and like means was still like very important you know right. from a professional standpoint even with your friendships with your relationships for sure yes and it was like only a certain part of me is available to x amount of people and this is the this is when they're available to me or i'm available to them and that's it and i'm not saying boundaries aren't a good thing but i think it was this uh, almost anxiety like people can't see everything I think when we started the podcast and I was recognizing how much you wouldn't say on the air at first yes. and I'd be like, oh, and you're like, I can't talk about, I can't say that. I can't say that about my mom. I can't say that right. about work. Can't right. say that about right. people. Right. Right. And right. over the months, over the weeks, week after week. And I think in editing the show, like, cause I don't know if you go tease. No, Roxy edits the show for content. And then I do like a fine edit. So that's kind of our workflow. I think in editing for content, you really understand what works and what needs to be there. And like how 
courageous and open you can be while still being respectful of everybody in your life and still holding space for all that, you know, but the amount that you're willing to share now, the courage you have to be so vulnerable and open is mind fucking boggling. I think we both experienced this because we know it is the era of cancel culture. Yes. Right. And yes. I think um, it started off with that when we started the podcast. Right? right. And then slowly as it evolved, I think it's really turned into how do we honor the truth of where we are now? Mm. Because it is in perpetuity. right? Yeah. Like this will live in the air forever. But it's sort of the same way as like looking back on my Zanga. <laughs> you know, this is who yeah. I am now. This is why I feel the way that I feel. We've done the research. We've yeah. done. We we have empathy and compassion. And we would like to think that we're coming from. Right. Like we're formulating this opinion because we looked at many different sides. And yeah. we come to our own conclusion about it yeah you know and it would be a shame yeah to not honor that yeah right agreed do you feel the same way too i i feel the same way and i think it's like my life coach yanaka said to me when we were starting this and i was like why us and basically it was like why not yeah exactly and it's like it's not a self-important thing it's like if you find other people worth listening to and you find that conversations are things that move the dialogue forward, then why not just keep having conversations? I love that. So my question for you. Okay. How has this experience changed your relationship with your mom and your dad? Ah, you knew it was coming. I knew, I you knew, knew it was coming. Was going. I knew, knew it was coming. <laughs> but mostly your mom. But oh, yes, also your dad. My gosh. Our daddy is probably listening to this right now. He listens um, every week. We're his bitches. We're his bitches. That's what he would say. <laughs> um, another fucking incredible thing that this podcast has done for me is yeah. really heal the relationship between me and my parents. And I'm, say, I'm, I'm saying that, you know, I'm very lucky. I know we all have shit with our parents yeah. and things that we need to heal from. But my parents, as as a rebellious, awkward, like eccentric being that I am, they they spend most of their time trying to understand me. They really do. They yeah, yeah. they really love me unconditionally, mm. you know, and uh, and it's hard for them because mm. they live in Taiwan. They live in a certain landscape, a certain world, a certain climate. And me on the other side of the world, like being, you know, just just evolving mm. every couple of months. Mm. Right. And so I feel very fortunate to have that. Yeah. And I think it's like what you've said before, you know, when we were guesting on other podcasts, but it's like, I'm finally able to speak my truth without interruption. Wow. And when that happens, if you can't interrupt me, you get to hear me say my whole spiel, right? Mm. You get to hear my entire perspective. You mm. get to know that I am a fully formulated adult with my own experience and my own education, my own self-education and my own personal growth. Yeah. I'm not just a kid that you have on the other side of the world worrying about whether or not they're going to become an alcoholic, yeah. right? And wondering if you raise them right. I, I think this has proven that I have raised myself as well right. and that they don't shouldn't worry about that. And I think that, you know, my dad texted me after we did our money, money, money episode. Interesting. And he was like, Roxy, he texted me and he was like, um, I, I felt I was really enlightened and I'm so sorry to hear that you struggled so much because mm. again, there's that shame aspect. Yeah. You want to make your parents proud. You don't want them to know about your debt. Yeah. You don't want them to know that you feel like you're failing them after they've given you so much. And they don't want you to struggle, but you need to struggle. You need to struggle to get to where you need to go and learn the lessons struggle you need to learn. Struggle is inevitable. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, um, so this, 
allows them, if they're willing to listen to it, to know me more intimately mm. in a way that's like, sure, you can judge me if I say one sentence of I'm like, I'm gay, right? And then they're like, you can't be gay, right? But at least sure. with this, if you talk about, if I talk about my queerness, mm-hmm. I have an hour and a half. Yeah. For nuance. For nuance. Mm. And it's like, okay, well, if I'm willing to listen past the first 10 minutes, yeah. what can I learn here? Right. And am I open to it? And because my parents, or at least my dad, um, and, and my mom, you know, she loves the fact that, you know, we do, we do this podcast, even though she doesn't listen to it, but like, um, it's definitely helped them understand me more yeah. beyond the FaceTime calls or like right. beyond the social, what you're posting on social media and what, yeah. what am I learning from, what am I getting from that? You yeah. know, like, well, even for like, let's learn Taiwanese, like you, so we call Roxy's mom. I mean, we yeah. should credit her in the, in the yeah, we should totally credit her, <laughs> but you know, she takes it so seriously. Yeah. Like when you're like, oh, why don't we learn this? She's like, no, no, no. That's not a good enough <laughs> phrase. Like, you know, but she takes it so seriously. And I think after the dad's episode, I saw such a a shift in her tone with yes. you. Because originally, like, you know, both Roxy and my mom's, like, they were like, don't embarrass the family. Don't say anything untoward. Like, you know, like yes. maybe don't do it. Maybe think about Again, not doing it's it. It's about the saving face thing. Yeah. Like, don't ruin our reputation. But now your mom's an active, actively involved in the putting together of each episode yeah. because she is the let's speak Taiwanese like guru. Right. And she takes it so seriously. And I, I recognize the, the gravity with which she like approaches the show as well. Right. You know, and that's right. big. It is a huge step. Mm-hmm. And this sort of ties into the expectations versus reality. Thing. Yeah. It's like, I didn't really think much. No. But holy shit. Right. How much has changed because we started doing this. So yeah. if you ever feel doubt in doing something, I, I just take a leap of faith. Cause you, you just gotta do it. You never know. You never know. You know. Yeah. Okay. My question for you. Okay. What's your question? Who's this ASMR? This is ASMR. Oh Welcome to our ASMR. <laughs> uh, let us know at hello to corny goats if you want us to do an asmr that's my ipad case closing are you feeling sleepy now <laughs> i'm scratching the top of your head just scratching it <laughs> anyway anyways, okay, i'm putting uh, back it to off. our regular uh, <laughs> yeah, our normal kidding. programming um so because we discuss so deeply about you know certain topics and we they're they're quite heavy, right, I think, right. in the context, not just in our Asian American experience. How has doing the podcast made you more do you think it's made you more optimistic about where the world is going or do you feel Ooh. less so? Because I feel like we you and I definitely have changed mm-hmm. because we dive deeper so much more quickly now than just surface level getting drunk and going to karaoke and stuff like that. You know, like nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, nothing no, but that was our that. friendship for but, a long but time. But I think yeah. like now it's like when it, whenever you and I talk to each other, even it's like just a higher catch up. It's yeah. like, how are you feeling? Yes. You know, and just we talk about humanity in general. Right. Right. Has this shifted for you in terms of the collective sense? I think the best part of it is I would say it's like neither better nor worse, but I know that if like Waterworld occurs or like, you know, a zombie apocalypse, like I have my go bag and I have my partner, you know, I have like, obviously I have Abe, but like I have, I have a a, a built in community because I have you, you know, and we are, we're ride or die. And it makes me feel more hopeful that friendships can be so like important and emotional and all that, but like utilitarian in a lot of ways, you know, Ooh. like you can rely on each other. Yes. And, and that gives me hope because ours is not the only friendship as much as I like deeply believe it is. <laughs> we're the only <laughs> true friendship. No, but like, because we have what we have and we're human, that automatically means that this type of 
beautiful connection and tapestry woven between like two souls is occurring all over the world. And that does give me hope because friendship, connection, especially when it's not romantic, because like sex can get you kind of anywhere. Just kidding. But like kind of. But like, you know. Platonic, like 100% platonic relationships, except for that one night in Vegas. Um, <laughs> 100% platonic relationships. Um, they, they're they're not a dime a dozen. They required so much nurturing and so much work without mm-hmm. kind of like a, like a real societal form of how that should be built. Like right. like we talked about our toxic friendships, we also don't have necessarily a strong rubric of what it means to be a good friend. Right, exactly. Because that definition is so different person to person. Yes. There's basic things like showing up on time, following up, like checking in, all that. But like in terms of like how to be there for someone emotionally, like not just to be there for them emotionally, but how to be there for them emotionally, that's built between the two parties, you know? And so anyhow, I think that it's it's strengthened my belief in friendships Mm -hmm. and thus also strengthened my belief in humanity being able to band together and having more similarities and ability to work out their differences than not. Yeah, because I think it's like, oh, the positive is that there is that community going through really tough hardship because we've been pummeled endlessly with it. Yeah. In a national and in a global context for the past two years. And here's another like kind of more subtle thing. And and I don't know if this is like in any way universal. And I, I have very few, very close relationships, like very, very few. But the deeper I get into it with you, with my best friend, Sonia, with my best friend rose um oh shit rose is gonna kill me for not putting her first (laughs) (laughs) top eight best friend rose best friend sonia (laughs) rose is my sister she's gonna kill me this is my last my last right um but the deeper that i go into my friendships the more i also feel the ability to let go of needing to be too close to other people (gasps) and being there for other people because they have their people as well that's who you were a couple of years back. 100%. You made yourself available to everybody. Everybody. I was like a chicken with my head cut off all the time. Always there. Always running around, baking cookies, do running errands. That was like my big thing. Picking up people from airports, which I would still do if you need a ride. I'm like available. <laughs> I drive a Prius. The gas is not a problem, you know? But like, I think that it's allowed me to let a lot of it go. Oh, yeah. Still a recovering people pleaser, but it's okay because I'm letting it go layer by layer because I'm trust. I'm trusting my friendships more and I'm trusting that other people have their networks as well. That's so beautiful. That's a yeah. huge glow up lesson. It's, it's pretty nice. Yeah. God, thank you, podcast. It's like kind of great. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. What What was your biggest fear before starting the podcast that wasn't as bad as you expected? Speaking the truth. Hmm. And uh, I think honestly, there are levels of truth, and and they're all true, mm-hmm. you know. But I think it's like what you were talking about that withholding. Mm. Um, that is very natural to me, mm. and the inability to become truly vulnerable in something, or mm. not allow myself to give something to anybody really completely, mm. which is also like a trauma response, and <laughs> also you know casual, casual, <laughs> and also like you know a survival tactic. Mm. Um. Speaking the truth is actually not as scary as I thought it would be. And the biggest moment, I know I talk about this episode a lot, but the fat phobia episode was probably what really broke it open. Like there were things I was saying in that episode where I don't even remember, like that I, you know, hid so deep inside of me that um, 
that I even forgot about. And, you know, people have written me and it's rare for people to write to me because, you know, naturally I keep myself pretty distanced from many people. And Prisca in general is just more approachable and popular. (laughs) She's more popular (laughs) and and she's warmer than I am. Am I? Yeah. And she's a better texter than I am. I'm really not. I mean, these are assumptions, but I'm just available. I'm a terrible texter. Um, I have no mystique, no mystery, you know, I'm just out there. No, but I do have a habit of like, you know, keeping people at a distance, Mm. but it was, um, people wrote to me about that episode and I just thought, holy shit, like, this is what it feels like to feel like we're not alone. Like truly not alone because sometimes I feel like our, especially in Los Angeles, you're taught to be an individual. Don't be a part of the wallpaper. Like, how do you stand out? What makes you different? What makes you unique? You know, none of that shit's really important though. No. And then like, I feel like we lived in fear of being that person at the party. That's like making things awkward by talking about serious stuff. Yeah. And now I'm like, I can't believe I spent so much time being embarrassed about that. And now we literally have built a podcast around it. It's actually our superpower. Yeah. We've never minded going there. And I think, but I lived in fear of going there for so long because people made me feel embarrassed about exactly. overthinking things, about thinking too much about it, about like, oh, making, bringing the mood down or, or even whatever. being super sensitive, not super Oof. sensitive, just sensitive. Sensitive, yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like my mom would say like, oh, ni hao minka. And, yeah. I, and I used to be triggered by this. Ugh. Like, you know, she'll be like, oh, you're so sensitive. And I'll be like, blah, blah. And I'll like defend myself. And yeah. she goes, no, it's not. You're just arch. She's like, you notice things and, and you feel things. And I think you and I both tried hiding that for so long so we could be fun people. Because yeah. you and I are known to be fun, fun people. people. Yeah. And we did that to make everybody comfortable. Yes. To make to make sure that like everybody's having a good time because you want, you're the oldest. I'm the only child. Mm-hmm. We don't want, we want everyone to be happy. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And I feel like I see in you this ability to kind of like, merge your different personas kind of like what we talked about in the episode with the zanga post you had this like very like deep dark side and then you were so bubbly in person and there was no commonality between the two i had nowhere to put it no there was no connective tissue between that you know it was so separate and now you it's almost a complete merging where you can be as fun as you've always been, but as deep in thought as you've always been. That's so true. And yeah. so I want to really thank you for being that for me. I'm just here to be a catalyst. No, <laughs> I'm just here to watch That's, you grow. No, you are here to be my safe space, but also uh, putting this on the World Wide Web and then everybody can hear it yeah. forever. Oh, people <laughs> no are going to listen to this? I know. <laughs> um, okay, so my next question for you is describe a trip that we would take together and detail it. Ooh, Like a dream trip between Ooh. the both of us. Would it be a week long? What would we do? Okay. I'm like so boring. Okay. That's not okay. Tr- what? So, okay. I'm like, I mean, by boring, like I have very simple pleasures. Like I feel maybe like people would want to like ride a motorcycle. I, I wouldn't, you know, I'm boring, but I would love to do an Asia trip with you uh-huh. um, where we, let me think about this. Let me think about the order. Okay. We can start in Japan. <gasps> And we eat our way ac- around Japan, go to Kyoto, get like ourselves a little like 
bath, like you know the 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 real con. They have the um the meals kind of served in your room, and it's all coursed out. So they have romantic. the hot springs uh-huh. um, that only the couples can use. So having tattoos for us is not a problem. Uh-huh. Um, and you know we get like you know we 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 just enjoy ourselves and recharge, and then we go down to Tokyo and just eat our way. Oh my god, my stomach <laughs> is grumbling. Eat our way through everything we want to do. Um, have deep talks about things as we're going through on the train, eating those amazing lunch boxes on the train. <gasps> the bento boxes. The bento boxes. Mm-hmm. Then we go to Taiwan and we spend a couple days in Taipei and we just go to the night market uh-huh. and we eat all the stupid things. Yes. And we do like, you know, whatever. <laughs> so, uh, of course, a Capricorn works on a trip. We do a couple episodes <laughs> talking about food, maybe interviewing people. I don't know, like whatever. I don't care. Because um, I love it. I love it so much, you know. And uh, then we go to, you, you know, your hometown and visit your parents um, and, you know, enjoy kind of like what it is that they are and kind of see you and your element with your parents then because we're going to need a break from that we go to bali (laughs) and we sit on a beach and i am all about an all-inclusive resort and i know there are weird feelings about like you know what that actually does for the economy there but it is still a way to support the economy bali is amazing it's amazing so you know yeah we'll deal with kind of our existence like we'll deal with the ethical yeah Yeah, yeah, the ethical issues but for everything else we would have done everything really ethically So we go here and at least it's not a cruise, right? Because there's a lot more ethical issues. See, even in my fantasy, I'm having trouble. I have to like, but anyway, then we go to Bali. We get our own little villa. It has, oh, wow. I'm talking way more about this than anything else. It has a little pool and a little hot tub because I love a hot tub situation. And we just eat and drink and we be, be merry and like, yeah, checking in with Abe like every once in a while. Hey, cool. He can be there, but he, he'll, you know, he might be on a separate trip. Then we finish it off in Korea. We go to Busan. We go to, you know, we go all over Jeju. We go everywhere. Seoul. And we just eat the fuck out of the, we eat, we meet people, we learn, we absorb. Because that's the best part of traveling is just absorption. Hopefully nothing toxic. A little bit toxic's okay. Keeps you young, keeps you alive, keeps you going, keeps your immune system in check, you know? Um, and yeah, that's the trip. Anyways, the reason why I asked this oh, question. Oh, shit. Are we manifesting? <laughs> well, the, see, the thing is that like, uh, you know, Prisca has always saying, yeah, I want to do like, you know, sort of like a vice type, like, you know, travel show with oh, you yeah. and take two horny goats on the road. Oh, yeah. And then so I casually was like, hmm, okay, well, what is it? Describe a trip. She's already got it. I'll find out. Okay. <laughs> I've so, seen a rare. So, you know, let us know what you think, Goatee, is about like us taking this podcast on the road. Yes. And, you know, um, of course, this is one step to manifesting it, you Mm. know, because to see it and to believe it. And also, I just think, you know, us being who we are, we like to talk so deeply about food and and the origin stories and like who we come from and our lines and how everything came to be and really honoring that. So if you would like to donate and (laughs) put this towards our honey fund, our honey fund, fund, um, (laughs) you know, there's a donation button on our website <laughs> because clearly uh, Prisca has the itinerary ready um, and also any producers I and- also have credit card points <laughs> any producers if you want to yeah. talk to us let's talk yeah let's talk because I think we would be dynamite on screen as well because you know a, a big thing about like uh, creating something right yeah. and this is something me and Prisca are both creators and we're always thinking about like evolving because yes. like I I am so in awe yeah. of how both you and I evolved birth, both personally and professionally yeah. like throughout this whole venture and it's only been year one it's only been a year so I think what's really exciting about it is that you know Prisca had the foresight and the vision to be like this could evolve into something more than this right and, but we could still be obviously continue along the same lines of what we're doing which is breaking open yeah you know a lot 
lot of tough conversations and, yeah. you know, having, uh, and so this could definitely just transform into that. So we want to know what you guys think yes. because clearly she has the I vision. I have uh, the vision. I have the thoughts. I have the, the, the write up. I have the one sheet. I'm ready to go. Bali sounds very nice. I, Bali sounds very nice, yeah. but that would be like a break between filming place. Wow. Right? <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. A little break between our trips. So I feel like I ask, the, I frame questions like this a lot, but my fourth question for you is what would 14 year old Roxy think about the podcast? Would she listen? <laughs> I'm going to guess no, but what would, what would 14 year old Roxy think about the podcast? You know, the times are so different now. Yeah. I think if I were a 14 year old here in this world, mm -hmm. I would definitely be listening in Interesting, because I would be curious and because everybody is so much more tuned in mm. into what's happening, being more sensitive to other different types of lifestyles, uh, orientations, mm. you know, um, identifications, you know, but 14 year old Roxy <laughs> from like 2000, whatever. Uh, no, she, she would not be listening. Yeah. She would, uh, would not be listening to this because all it was interesting because I was thinking about who I even was just a few years ago, like yeah. how I would dress, how I would talk, like how I would cater to the male gaze yeah. and, and like frame my life around something that that I can't even identify now in yeah. my present day. Yeah. So 14 year old me as a freshman in high school, like my values and, and um, my goal objectives were so different yeah. than how how I would be now as a 14 year old in this world. So it's interesting that you asked me that because I was such a different person mm. back then. Mm. My, my attention was focused purely on how I could actually start building my resume yeah. to get into the college of my dreams. You were so driven. What about 24 yeah. year old Roxy? Oh, I, hmm. Cause maybe she would be like, I can do that. Actually, I would like to, I mean, I'm going to ask my, my question, my, my last question to you, but I actually want to ask you this because I'm not sure mm. you knew me as a 24 year old. Mm. What do you think? I think that, I think it would be funny to see how much like Roxy today. I think Roxy at 24 would have respected Roxy today so much and been so like, starstruck kind of and like she's amazing <laughs> she's incredible she does like I feel like if you were telling me about Roxy today back then you'd be like she's directed so many films she travels all <laughs> over the world she lives in her own flat in K-Town mm -hmm, yeah mm -hmm. and she has a podcast and Priscilla I'm telling you I listened to it and I cried like I think that that is kind of what you would have thought about you like, I don't know exactly about the podcast, but I think you at 24 would have found who you are today so as so aspirational. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, it was weird because I think back then YouTube was just, you know, cusping. Yeah. Nascent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, we don't really have people. I mean, we have people our age that was creating content that was fun. Yeah. And, and making we, a lot of money. Making a lot of money being like, how do we get on that boat? But mm -hmm. there wasn't anybody that was like, oh, who do we look up to? Yeah. It was very difficult for me to feel that I could find a mentor who, and, and maybe, you know, people that maybe wanted to mentor me. I didn't know how to like start that relationship, but it, there just weren't that many people in the industry that we wanted to look up to. Right. But that brings me to my final question. And then it's time for whiskey. And then it's time for whiskey. And then it's time for whiskey. Okay. Um, I'm going to flip that because it's like, think about yourself 10 years in the future. Mm. You know, it's Oof. like, what do you think? Because we are where we are now. Yeah. You know, it's like, what do you think we'll be doing in 10 years from now? And what we'll be talking about? 
Oof. I mean, I tend to find my previous selves so cringy. And I think that's part of being human-ish. Like, you have to let go of your own past and and in order to keep moving forward and enjoy your life and all the possibilities it holds. But I genuinely do think that I'm going to be proud that we've done this. Yeah. Grateful that it's in the bank. I'm sure embarrassed about certain things that I've said or, you know, maybe like new words that I've new concepts and words that I've learned that I'm like, ah, younger Priscilla, you just didn't know, you know, but I, I'm very curious because I think that even 10 years from now, from now, like we'll approach things in the same way. Um, but it will be on completely different things. We'll, we'll be ruminating on different things. Like maybe we'll have kids. Maybe we'll have 10 more dogs. Maybe our careers will be in the shitter. Maybe our careers will be taking off. Maybe we'll be feeling like a used condom. Maybe we'll be feeling more renewed in everything that we want. And I think there's no way to really know it, but I think say in our interview with Bamboo and Glass, the fear that they had about being in their thirties and me being here being like, like you and I being here being like, there's literally nothing to worry about. Like it's all going to work out. Even if everything goes to shit, like you're still a human, everything's going to be like fine. Yeah. In that, I feel the trust that our older selves are holding that for us as well. That's so beautiful. Let me rephrase this question a little bit more because, um, and and this doesn't count as a six question. This is just me expanding upon your answer. But I think so much of our podcast also talks about being kinder to ourselves Mm. and being kinder to our inner child and being kinder to the way that we sort of relegate our expectations. This comes naturally as Capricorns, but just because you are the oldest and you grew up in a certain environment, like have you gotten kinder to yourself through this process as you look back on your old self than you were before? I think so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really do. I think that's a very, it's a really good question because I think it has to do with how you've seen me change. Right. And I, I would say that that has been internalized as well. I'm not as angry at myself for not knowing things. I'm not as quick to judge myself. And I hope that this podcast, and I think some of the messages we've gotten are that people feel seen and that they feel heard. And I have to just say those messages also in turn help me feel more seen and heard because I don't feel as crazy. Like, and I can't tell you how much like when y'all write into us, like how much it means to us, because we kind of just put this out there and it is very vulnerable and there's kind of no direct feedback system for a podcast. And so I, I just appreciate every message we've gotten, not because we're like looking for validation, but it's like we're putting ourselves in vulnerable positions. And when that is kind of met with the aftercare and the kindness of our listeners, it means a lot. It's, it's very heartening and allows us to kind of continue to frame what we're doing in that space and like understand the power of vulnerability. Um, but it can only come through an exchange, you know, it can only come with like the kind of philosophical conundrum. Like if a tree falls in a forest and no one hears, it doesn't even make a sound. Like I think there's something about podcasting that can feel that way sometimes. Right. And I think all of you have really made us feel like we're, we're making a, an important sound. Right. So continue to write to us. And if you want to send me a gift, Ah. my address is. Ah. Ah. (laughs) 
Okay. I have a last question for you okay. as well. Um, and this can be practical or it can be kind of emotional or whatever it is. What's been the hardest part about doing this podcast? Nothing. What? Nothing has been hard about doing this podcast because I have you. And that's such an easy answer for me because I literally think that Prisca has like carried so much of the weight on this because like technically she's doing a lot of the you know the the the, the work and also she's a social media person she does the copy and you know I I do hold a lot of guilt for feeling like sometimes I don't give enough on this because her husband Abe also contributes a lot to this podcast as well they feed me very expensive whiskey so for (laughs) me this has not been difficult and you know I just want to be better and Mm -hmm. I also want to feel like I'm contributing just as much because I feel like you do so much. No, it's so funny. It's yeah, so crazy. And and so no, this podcast has been something that I look forward to. Ugh. Like every, I know it's difficult when, like, I get wrapped up in you know my my job sometimes. But um, when I'm not working, when mm. I have those moments of break, this is this is like therapy for me. Mm. Like I love doing this. I love seeing you. I love eating with you. I love you know talking about Sleeping sexual jokes. Yes, right. I, I love spooning you. <laughs> you know, I love I love what we talk what we talk about because it's so healing for mm. me. Because I learn so much every time I talk to you, mm. and to me that's nourishment. Mm. So when it's nourishing, it's not hard. Shit. I mean, that's some beautiful shit, goatees. Um, we're going to take a Wait, little Wait, is it break. hard for you? <laughs> no, it's not. I, You know what? The, the recording part is never hard. I think what was harder than I... Well, I think I anticipated it and it was just that hard because, you know, I've done editing in the past. So, oh, yeah. like, I know that it's going to be right. time consuming. So the time consuming nature of it, like, every episode if it's an hour long oh it does take up a lot of time i'm not gonna lie yeah and so when you do the edit i'm like i'm actually like just so the goatees know like i'm so grateful that roxy's doing the content edit because for me like that's really stressful like i'm kind of a little too precious like i'm like no but like roxy said that really funny quip and like (laughs) but then if we don't keep my like meandering story about limousines in then like (laughs) we can't keep her quipping so i guess you have to keep and then roxy's just like cut it cut it put this switch this cut it and we're done and it's like it comes so like naturally to you given like what you do for a living I, i i think it makes sense that we've fallen into the roles that we do that's true because I'm sitting there going like zooming and zooming and zooming in. Oh, yep. There was just a little, you know, and like, I took it out and I'm like, Woo! like I did something today. It took me more time than maybe it should have, you know? So yeah, I think our roles are so like lined up and it's less like when I'm in it, it's so easy. I think what you're saying is like, I a hundred percent agree. Like it's so fun. It's so easy when you come over. It's like, I'm just sitting at home like a puppy, like, <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! She's here! Everybody! Everybody! She's here! Like I'm losing, and it's like it's only me. Like it's just me. But I get so excited, and like when we talk, like our conversations go places that I never anticipate. And like obviously, cooking for you is like the joy of my life. And then oh. I think, yeah, the only hard part is the tedious factor. Oh, that's true. That's true. I forget. That, yeah. Sometimes I forget. I forget. I'm just it's like, like this is part of it. That's yeah. part of it. But I also enjoy it. Like yeah. I sort of like revisiting our conversations and. It is easier for me because, you know, I have to cut down so many things yeah. at my work usually. And I'm like always thinking about like total runtime, audience engagement, yes. you know, and, and uh, you know, the, the 
fleeting nature of people's attentions nowadays. Yes. And so I'm always thinking like, oh, as an audience member, what do I, what is the most important thing that we're getting from here? Right. So even though it does take a lot of time, I fully enjoy it. So I appreciate this that. This is how you know that. you yeah. love something. Because yeah. even though it's a lot of fucking hard work and yeah. you're not doing it for any money, no. it's like you, but you enjoy it. Yes. Like even if it's difficult, that's how you know it's something you're meant to do. Yeah, that's so true. It's yeah. like every time I'm like uploading an episode, I'm like, this is the best one yet. I know, like, you know, I'm like, that's so, so stupid. stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it's just, it's, it's literally, I don't think we're trying to be like braggy. It's just like between the two of us, we are just enjoying what we're putting out. So right. I think that's so much fun because I've definitely worked with partners or like, you know, musicians or whatnot that are never satisfied. Right. And like, for me, like that's such a demotivator and even maybe I don't communicate this well enough, but for me, it's always a given that we can always do better. Like that's a given, but for me in the moment to celebrate the wins is so vital. Yes. And I hate, not hate, but I strongly dislike when someone like takes the wind out of your sails and yes. like, they feel like the need to criticize and the need, and I, you know, whatever, it's not my style. And I feel like our styles are like celebrating wins, which is why we're going to drink whiskey in about two minutes. Yes, it's yes, yes, very important. But celebrating wins, honoring each other, making sure the people you're working with feel good about what they're doing and that like we always feel supported we feel so loved right now so <laughs> um so we're gonna take a little break and when we come back we're gonna do some cheers and affirmation and i promise we're gonna wrap up this finale like and and just kind of you know go out with a bang yeah literally because the fireworks are gonna start so we're gonna have to stop let's do it let's ah! do it Hi, Goatees. We love hanging out with you, and it's what we look forward to every single week. If you're liking what you're hearing, please subscribe and give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. It will help us a lot so we can continue to hang out every single week and make content for you. Thank you so much, and remember, stay horny. Well, welcome back, OTs. Welcome to the season two finale. Roxy, how you feel? I feel great. Let's uh, do a toast to each other, for each other, for the OTs. For everybody uh, listening, grab your drink. Here we go. Here we go. Priska, congratulations on our season two finale. And a whole one year anniversary of two horny goats. One year, Annie. 2020, August 17th was our day one, day zero. Our friendship has only grown and deepened yeah. throughout this year. I can't I, wait to go deeper. I can't wait to go deeper. And like going deep with you <laughs> allows me to just feel safe and expansive and open and wild. So thank you. I, I love, love you. you. Cheers. Cheers. This is Balvini 12. Mm. Uh, sponsor um, us balvini we'll take sponsors you. from like um you know uh Kavalon or McAllen. Freud, Oban. We're open to all y'all. Lagavulin. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you in advance. So, um, Priska, <laughs> so I know that uh, people are probably tired of hearing you and I gush about each other oh my because God. we're honestly like so in love. But gushing feels um, good. Gushing, gushing it's everywhere like day one feels period. really good. Oh, I kind of, I'm it's into kinda, it. It's kind of nice when you're home and you don't have to go anywhere and you don't have like a surprise. And it feels kind of a good feeling. It too. does. It feels like everything unleashing. Yeah. from you and all that bloat you've been holding on to it just kind of just 
Ooh, you know? Yeah, yeah, and all the all the all the farting and the diarrhea, the period shits. The period shits are kind of great. Yeah, and also the week before your period is fucking shit. So uh, it's, it's it's truly shit. It's truly shit. It's probably worse for your partner than it is for you, yeah. but you know it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> but basically, Prisca, you know, mm-hmm. now that we are at the end of the road for season two, and we're looking towards the future, yes. what are you envisioning? I'm super excited. I think every time we do kind of these like project episodes, like we're gonna be. Doing Doing, uh, we've done a 23 and me episode now mm. we've done a dad's episode yeah. like um even um just doing our queerness episode any of these that involve a little more research a little more time i think we really enjoy doing and it's like a lot of work but it's almost like making a short film yeah you know, we we get Abe to make music for it. We try to do a little bit of, you know, our editing for it's a little different. And so I'm excited to kind of find that pocket and do a little bit more of that, like a little more like reporting, you mm-hmm. know, um, experimentation, a little experimentation. I think there's a chance that, you know, we kind of do um episodes where it's just Roxy hosting and just me hosting. Mm-hmm. So be on the lookout for that. And, and and it will kind of allow us to go deeper into the things that we just like <laughs> go personally deeper into ruminate. ourselves. <laughs> yeah, like because we both obsess about very different things. Yes. And so when we come together, we have our own obsession. Yes. But I want all of you to see the crazy ins and outs of well mostly ins no outs of Roxy's mind um and it is its own like you know what I mean like Disney ride and I am lucky to get to see it but I I I would love to see it kind of encapsulated in our podcast and Roxy kind of was saying you know I would love to do kind of like a travelogue kind of show one day it might not be next year might not be in two years but it's something that I think we are very like cognizant about maybe not the practicalities of doing it yet like in terms of the nuts and bolts but what we would want to say within what we'd want to do so those are some things like I'm looking forward to how about you you know, it was kind of crazy because I remembered when we first started off this podcast, we had a couple talking points that we really wanted to hit. Yes. And then at one point we were like, "Ooh, are we going to run out of material? Mm-hmm. But I think what this season has really shown us is that there will never be a shortage of things for us to talk about because yeah. you and I are, we, we managed to get deep into like maybe layer two or three of certain things that yeah. we were afraid to talk about. But now that we're discovering intersectional topics right. at this point, which I am so ready and eager to jump into. And that is like your bread of. and butter. Yeah. yeah. For me, it's all about nourishment, right? Yes. And for me, nourishment is about exploring like what you think you already know, but at a much deeper level. Yes. Like I feel that after our masturbation episode, after we recorded it, we were like, we barely said anything. Like we did the thing. It felt like an episode. I think it's a strong episode. Please go back and listen to it. But we still have so much more to say on it. it you know? But I think that's the natural flow of things, yeah. right? Like, for example, some like I'm lucky to have you because you and I know each other so intimately. Mm-hmm. So we're able to shortcut things. Mm-hmm. But still at the same time, it's like we are familiar talking about it to a certain level. Mm. So I'm I'm looking forward to doing, you know, version two, version three, or mm. even the sequel to like certain a certain amount of these topics yeah. because they deserve to be excavated yes. in, in a more intimate way. Right. Or just followed up on like a doctor's appointment. Sometimes you see the tumor and you want to see a year later whether yeah. it grew, if it responded to treatment, et cetera. Right. And I feel the same with a lot of the, uh, of the topics because maybe we have hangups about something. Totally. But in a year, I'd like to talk to you about it again. And totally. See where you're at, you totally. know. And I am looking forward to the solo episodes because I feel like the audience has known us as like a couple. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like when you have a couple friend and you only know them as a couple, right. but then you take one of them out for coffee and you're like, oh my god, this is like something I had no idea that they were into. 
Exactly. Exactly. So there's a lot to look forward to. Stay tuned and we'll let everybody know. Subscribe. You know, continue to give us donations and give us voice notes. It really helps. We are running this off of our own gas, you know, and so any little bit really, really helps us. And speaking of, we want, we love to hear from you. And uh, speaking of voice notes. Voice? Bum, bum, bum. Uh, Uh, Prisca, we got our first ever voice note. Bitch, someone popped our cherry. Angela Yu, shout Thank out to you. Thank you. Shout out to you, <laughs> Angela, Angela Yu. Oh my God. I literally like, I opened the email and I felt like it was prom night and I was ready and I consented and I like <laughs> something entered me. You know what I mean? Yes. And it was a five minute long voice note. Let's hear a little bit from Angela right now. Hey, Roxy. Hey, Prisca. This is Angela from Hearts in Taiwan podcast. I saw that you put out a call for voice notes about our favorite episodes, and as a fellow podcaster, I know what it's like to ask the audience for voice contributions and then be really reluctant to send you any, Um, but I wanted to send you some love uh, because we are your jejia in life, I guess, because I think we're like 10 years older than you. But in podcasting, we're really your maymay because we only launched a couple of months ago. And so we're just like kind of stumbling and figuring out what we're doing. But I found you because originally I found Prisca because we were looking for a Taiwanese American musician to like maybe do a theme song for our podcast. Later, when I was looking for Taiwanese American podcasts uh, to figure out you know, what else is out there? What space are we coming into? And see if anybody else is doing what we're trying to do with our podcast. That's when I found Two Corny Goats. And when I started listening to you, I just, I found it so refreshing and unexpected. Ultimately, what I love about your podcast is the friendship that you have. And that really comes through in every one of your episodes. I mean, you are so supportive of each other. And that relationship is just kind of, I think it's what everyone wishes for out of their friendships. And it, you're right up there among like my favorite girl best friend duos, like the film Booksmart and the TV show Pen15. I mean, those best friendships is, are just as supportive as the one between you, um, you two. So that's what I really love. And it's not just about how supportive you are of each other, but also how you model self-care, self-awareness and self-development. So you bring, you know, really mature selves to the friendship. And then through that, you're able to really support each other in your, uh, in each other's growth. So it's very clear that you've put in a lot of work Uh, on yourselves and in preparing your content, but you also make it really okay to be a work in progress as well. And I think that's, that's really, um, helpful. I think in, for anybody that's, you know, thinking about putting something creative out there, uh, that it doesn't have to be the end all the be all final word on things. It's just kind of, we're all evolving here and we're all growing here. (laughs) 
the thing I kept feeling was like, we don't deserve her. She's too good for this world. But then I remembered we're all great and we're all beautiful. And I appreciate you, Angela. And um, she runs a podcast called Hearts in Taiwan with her friend Annie Wang. Um, actually, I don't know if they're friends. They just run a podcast together. You don't they have to be friends, friends to friends. run a podcast. They're best they friends. They, they're friends. They're friends. <laughs> I'm Anyways, make sure to check out their, you know, check out their podcast because uh, again, like uh, what Preska and I have talked about before, it's like we're just one voice yes. in this narrative. So if you feel empowered to do your own, please do. Yes, because I think it's so amazing. Like they're from a different generation yeah. than we are, so it's like what we are to bamboo and glass. Yes, they are to us. Yes, it's true. And so we asked, um, we kind of put a prompt out there, and they're the only ones who responded. Um, and so Angela is going to tell us a little bit about her favorite episode. If I had to pick one of my favorite episodes, I'd actually probably pick a whole category, which is every episode you do that addresses a taboo topic, which is topics that we typically don't discuss in Asian American relationships because our culture is so focused on saving face. So your episodes that address sex and sexual health, body image, addiction, anything where we feel imperfect, typically, it's just such a gift that you give to your listeners by being vulnerable first and putting yourselves out there first and you know, speaking all of these ways in which you have felt less than or, or that your experience was not ideal, your journey. And that just is really exciting to me because I think when I hear you talk about it and talk about it in the safe space that you create for each other, it really inspires me to want to have those conversations with my friends as well. And I, I think you're really accomplishing i think what you what you wanted to do which is to open up asian american culture really help us evolve to be more vulnerable with each other um, and more supportive of each other so that we can have healthier and more fulfilling relationships i love listening i'm a proud goatee and i can't wait to hear more Oh my God, she likes all the naughty stuff. <laughs> I love it. But also Angela won't be walking away empty-handed no, for doing this. No, because she sent a voice note and let us know what her favorite episode was. We are sending her, we're going to send two pins to Ooh. her. Because her and Annie. One for her and Annie. deserve Thank hearts you. in Taiwan. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Please wear these on your nipples. That's how, that's like the official Surgeon General <laughs> prescription, you know? <laughs> no, but you see, you get little treats if you do voice notes do. for us so like make sure to like send us one and we'll play it on the on one of our episodes yeah and how'd you feel getting the first voice note? i was really moved honestly angela thank you so much for taking the time to do that yeah. and to share so much of your heart with us and you know again like prisca and i we don't want to you know it's not like we need the validation but it is nice it's you know nice. because yeah. sometimes we feel like oh we're like talking to the ether yeah, you yeah, know yeah. because it's just or you just and me yaya. yeah just yeah yeah <laughs> in this like little room yeah. you know what i mean but yeah. it just feels nice to know that we are being heard that there is community that we're reaching out to yeah you know because like um 
it just really means a lot and i am so so touched thank you so much angela thank Thank you for following us and for promoting us as well and make sure to check out their podcast which will also be playing on our playlist yeah you know our personal playlist hearts in taiwan subscribing um speaking of people who have sent things in we had a really nice kind of comment come in from bart Oh, Bart. Hello, Bart. Talking about the fat phobia episode. Yeah, Bart's a friend of mine. We used to dance on a dance team called Ferocia together. Oh, Ferocia! Yeah, and he's Indonesian, which means, hello, hook it up with Bali. Hey, <laughs> let's go, let's go. But he lives in Colorado right oh. now. I haven't spoken to Bart in, I think, 10 years at wow. this point. And it's been so nice to just get his Instagram DM about, you know, how he felt very isolated about, like, you know, dealing with his body and not feeling like he could talk to anybody yeah. about about it and but feeling seen through the fat phobia episode and honestly i just gotta say like that is my favorite episode but again i feel like we Mm. just scratched the surface of it yeah i agree and and you know i i think a lot of people throughout this pandemic year have been telling me about friends who live in places without asian american community and and when you were out in utah and out in canada you felt that very pointedly and so I'm just appreciative that we have this space to talk about the issues that matter to us and also by design, like matter to Asian American community um, because we happen to be Asian Americans. And so if you feel that any of these episodes that we've done are helpful, like please share them with a friend because I think that's what we want to do. It's not that we just want to be listened to. I think we want to make connections. We want to be letting people know that these conversations are happening, whether it's happening at their water cooler or not. We love all of you. Truly. Thank you. Deeply. Thank you. And thank you for everyone who's donated. Remember, you can do that as well. You can do that as well. And um, so, yes, I mean, so Roxy, you just said what your favorite episode was. Um, I think that your dad's episode, I mean, obviously my dad's is like, my dad's is like my favorite, like my favorite, like, in talking to him, like doing the episode, but in listening to it, like your dad's like kind of hot. <laughs> I tell Daddy, her this all the time. I tell Roxy this all the time. I'm like, he has his own business. He knows what he's doing. He's so like, but sweet and funny and can fucking tear it up at karaoke. Does no one else like find him kind of hot? Um, if you want to see what I'm talking about, go back and listen to Roxy's episode <laughs> with her dad. Dad's part one. Um, he's kind of hot. Like, sorry, Rox. <laughs> That's so weird. I'm sorry. Your dad's kind of hot. Is he a DILF? He's definitely, I don't know if it's like the F, right? But like, <laughs> even like the people that I find really hot, I'm not like, it's not a sexual thing for me. Like, I almost don't want them to be available sexually. <laughs> that makes it better for me. And it's my church background. I'd rather Kendall everybody. Just airbrush off that area. Just attach the dick. And just fall in love with the intellect and, oh. the, and the vibe and the charisma. And your dad. I oh, mean, you were totally like, a demisexual girl. Oh, my God. Give it like, I don't want to think about Killian Murphy's anything, but I just want to think about his talent. Oh, I'm completely different. I will pull my pants down for Benedict Cumberbatch any fucking day of my life. All right. But anyways, it's time for unsolicited dicks. I mean, unsolicited dicks. It's a big finale week, so had to go, you know, really big. But um, my friend Atsuko Okatsuka, she is a uh, Taiwanese, Japanese, American comedian funniest person that I know if you check out she has kind of like a variety show called let's go Atsuko and she does these videos on Instagram with her grandma and they are dancing together and she it's amazing like she like her grandma is either like 
you know, keeping rhythm on her butt or she's twerking and her grandmother's like on the side being like, "Woo, yeah. And it is like the mood that you need to get through 2021. So I would say go right now, go follow Atsuko Okatsuka and you can find out how to spell that in our show notes. Um, So go check her out. She's incredible. She's also one of the best stand-up comedians, like, and also like best people. And her husband, Ryan Harper Gray, is really amazing as well. Um, They're great internet people, but they're also just great people. Like they have family members who deal with mental health issues. And because of that, they're very open about it, um, very understanding and very, very, very honest about what it's like to grow up with. Like her mother is schizophrenic and, um, you know, she'll kind of post on her IG stories like, you know, today my mom won't come downstairs because, you know, she's dealing with these fears or these, you know, kind of doubts or whatever. Um, And this is this is what it's like. Okay, so make sure to go follow Atsuko. Go, let's go, Atsuko. Yeah. Uh, my second one, also, I guess, like a Japanese name, um, but Clara and the Sun, a book by Kazuo Ishiguro. He was the one who wrote Never Let Me Go, who mm-hmm. I think there was like a feature film with like Kira Knightley and a bunch of hot British people. I think Andrew Garfield. Um, I think who was in, who was in an education? Oh, um, Carrie... Mulligan? Mulligan. Ah. Yes. So the three of them, see, I told you, hot British people. Right. Right? Was that wrong? Um, so Kazuo Ishiguro, he kind of like writes these kind of sci-fi novels, but they're rooted in reality. And I would say that the first like hundred pages of this book, I was like, am I stupid? Um, <laughs> and so just know that if you feel that way, that's okay. Just keep reading it. You just have to get through the first 100 pages. Uh-huh. That's a really big task. Like 75 pages. Okay. But the payoff for it in terms of where our society is going, what the positioning of AI is going to be in our lives moving forward, um, what like globalization, um, climate change, pollution, basically how is that all going to be read by an AI person? What does mortality mean when consciousness can kind of be installed or uninstalled? Mm. Stuff like that. These are, these are some of the questions that he explores in this book. It's very heady. At its core, the payoff is 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 really quite elegant and beautiful. I've been seeing this book a lot on recommended reads. I'm going to let you borrow it. Okay. So then it can be your unsolicited pick for a season three opener. <laughs> Just kidding. Or you might hate it because... Uh, I need to get through the first 75, 75 pages. pages. Yeah, <laughs> literally. <laughs> okay, what are your picks? Tell okay, so pick. for my picks, um, it's been a long time since I've had Korean barbecue in person. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. like um, the last time I remembered it was, I mean, not I mean, not like with, with people and friends or like doing I it yourself. I remember making I know, Korean, you no, I'm Korean kidding. No, but at a restaurant. Me, but at a restaurant. Yeah, and one of different. my favorite places places to go before the pandemic is this place called Sung Ha Jang. And they are famous for their duck (gasps) barbecue. I love duck. They only serve duck. (gasps) So skins too? No. So it's basically like duck slices like (gasps) brisket. And then they used to have um, spicy duck slices and they also had like fatty duck strips. But uh, I went yesterday for the first time since the pandemic, and uh, they don't serve any of the latter two anymore. They only have the duck slices, but oh. it was worth it. Like, you know, it's not all you can eat, so you okay. basically have to order by the plate. And uh, it is so delicious, and duck fat is super good for oh you. My God, it's so actually good. healthier than, or just as healthy as olive oil. <gasps> when? So you can actually spoon it and eat it. When? Yeah, and it has collagen. 
that's why Koreans look so good. Oh my God. They, I mean, they really do. Yeah, they really do. And it lowers your cholesterol. <gasps> okay. Let's eat more duck. Let's eat more duck. I'm actually really wanting to go back real quick. And, and the payoff is actually in the end when they make the fried rice for you <gasps> using the that's duck fat. That's always the best. It's, it's the always bokumbap. the best. Oh, the bokumbap is With always the, the best. With the duck fat and like they basically put it, I added garlic into mine. They put the rest of the punch on into oh it. They cook God. it for you and then they spread it in that duck fat in that pan. Oh so the God. bottom crisps up. Oh, yes. And literally. The is everything. It is everything. everything. And so um, it was orgasmic. That's why your skin looks so supple. Thank you. And the endorphins, I can tell they're flowing because you had a full-on orgasm. I had a full-on orgasm. I'll and I think this is having. from the grease. But, you know, yeah. it's really... It, I feel great. Anyway, Sung Ha Jang, it is... Um, I think it's been around for many generations. It's family-owned. And uh, I would recommend the best it. Jar. Like, seriously, <laughs> like, without reservation. <laughs> and my second pick is... Um, so we all know Little Ethiopia, right? We love Little we Ethiopia. Love. Yeah, Meals Fairfax. by Gannette or Jeanette. Gannette, I don't know. It's so good, too. Oh, right. Um, I know that Masab is really famous mm. on, in, on Fairfax. And also, um, Ethiopian coffee is also really good. <laughs> so good. Right? It's, like, it's like dark tar. Like, mm-hmm. for sure, you're getting a hit of caffeine. Super fucking good. And, but, like, I know my favorite thing about Ethiopian food is that it's actually one of the healthiest cuisines that you can have. Most of it is vegan. Mm. And then you have, like, the injera, which is, like, the sourdough. Yeah. Right? And so I want to talk about this place, Lali Bella. It's where I went with my friend a couple days ago. Um, we got the Veggie Utopia, which is all the vegan. You know, Ugh. and there's so much you, you could eat. You know, it's, like, super healthy for you. And yeah. you can eat all of it. It's so tasty. And then um, we wanted to get the kitfa, which yeah. is the um, <gasps> raw beef tartare. Oh, my God. I know. And it's spicy and it's made with butter and it's like Ugh. super fucking good. And they also have homemade tej, which what? is their homemade honey wine, Ethiopian <gasps> honey wine. Oh my. So it's like mead. Yes. Okay. Okay. So okay, you okay. have it in that flannel, uh, that flask that Ooh. they have the traditional Ethiopian flask. Oh my they, God. They put their homemade tej in that. Oh my God. And then you have it, you know, eat with your hands for Ethiopian food. It is so amazing. Oh my God. Shout out to little Ethiopia. I'm orgasming right now. I think we're ready for dinner, girl. I think we're ready for dinner. <laughs> I'm going to be starving after these orgasms. Me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to be quite spent. Um, but before we like go and masturbate more, we do we do need to do a little bit of school yes it's our last class so it's time for let's speak Taiwanese all right everybody so because school's gonna be out for the summer out for the summer we're going to teach everybody a phrase that's about taking care of yourself and mm. seeing you on the other side right Ooh. so we're going to say it's called which means um, eat well, sleep well, and take care of everyone. Oh, that is the recipe for Asian good skin. <laughs> Isn't it? Yes. Like collagen from the duck. Night mask. You, you are really thinking about the duck barbecue. I'm literally only thinking about the duck barbecue. I'm going to show you some pictures afterwards. No, that's just porn. <laughs> <laughs> I want to experience the real thing. I want to have the orgy. Okay. Okay. We got to go. Okay. Okay. We got to go. Okay. So okay. sorry. Okay. So, so it's like eat well, sleep well. And then everybody take care. Everybody take care. So let me break this down for you. Okay. You know, it's sometimes uh, you eat something and you're like, he jia, he jia. like it's delicious. Hao tzu. Hao tzu, he jia. He jia. And then he kun. He kun. Hao shui. Oh, like kun. Like, yeah. Okay. Kun is shui. Okay. And then uh, dake, which is everyone da jia. Dake. Um, 
So in Mandarin, for those of us who are Mandarin speakers, it's 好吃好睡大家保重 好吃好睡大家保重 Yeah Okay And then in Taiwanese 喝驾 喝驾 喝困 喝困 Dake Dake Bertiong Bertiong It's a little complex, right? Dake Bertiong Okay 喝驾 喝驾 喝困 Dake Bertiong and then my mom, I mean, she suggested us saying this because at first I was only going to teach Bertiong. But but yeah, which would have been easier. It would have really easier, <laughs> but she was like, it's got to be very positive. you got to have a tilt at the end. So I'm going to say it the very positive way. Okay, Are you good. ready? Okay. 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 It'll make it really melodic. Okay. <laughs> Alright, now everybody all together. And three, two, one. And with that, have a horny summer! Our lovely goatees. And remember, stay horny! And we'll see you soon for season three. I can feel my face. I can feel everything around me. I can feel the space. Hosted by Roxy and Prisca. Music by Abraham Kim. Artwork by Connie Yen. Please visit us at twohornygoats.com. Have thoughts or questions for us? Email us at hello at twohornygoats.com. Cheers!